Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. Our producer, Terry. This week, we're here to talk about the Battle of Ratscore of Kalos. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Jamie Childs, aired December 9th, 2018. Did it, guys. We have finished Series 11. Cody, what would you think? Jake, I thought this episode was pretty fucking great. Yay. Sam? I saw your ranking of episodes. I'm pretty sure you had this on the lowest, so I was not looking forward to watching it, but I thought it was pretty good. When did I rank episodes? I'm pretty sure that you have, like, an 11th season ranking on Twitter. Probably after you watched it the first time. I might have went way back. I'm pretty sure that this was at the bottom. Maybe I didn't look at it very closely because I felt like I was cheating. (laughs) So what did you think? I said I thought it was pretty good. Oh. Jill? I liked parts of it, but I was still just pretty underwhelmed. It's kind of my feeling of the season, I think. Like, there's a lot of things that could have been taken to a different level or dug in deeper and it just didn't really happen terry what'd you think i was kind of just not enthused at all about this episode i mean it had great potential but then when you found out that tim shaw was the main villain and had come back and there was going to be a huge confrontation with him and graham then it turned into just so blah like tim shaw had so much more character in the very first episode than he did this one like he could have been just davros in a chair that's how much excitement he was so i was (laughs) i was not enthused about this episode that's high praise i don't know if you know your crowd (laughs) i will never understand terry i i just i don't get it i love davros alex what'd you think uh i enjoyed this episode um like it wasn't a home run for me but it was still very good i thought um i felt like they could have done more creepy shit with uh tim shaw the whole idea of like what he was trying to do was super cool i enjoyed that a lot um and then like that uh the ux those were such a cool race um yeah so like it was, it was it was really good. Really good. It wasn't like amazing for me. For for like a finale. Jake, what'd you think of this episode? Meh. Dope. I actually <laughs> actually was not looking forward to this. I believe after the first time I saw it, I really hated it. But watching it today, it's not that bad. And it gets a lot of shit online. And I think 
that that's because it's like a kind of lame end to a kind of lame season. Like there is no really big story. And so I think people were kind of expecting some big final something to happen and it didn't. And just Tim Shaw showing up again just wasn't enough. So I think it gets a little a little more shit than it deserves, if you know what I mean. I I think I would agree. I thought I was finally going to be on the the side of righteous enjoyment of Doctor Who, and here I am, wrong as fuck. I do think if I was watching this in the moment, like, you know, actually in season, we've been waiting forever, and it's like the big last episode, rather than right now where we're just binging it week after week, I think I'd be really disappointed to have this be the finale of, like, a new Doctor new companions it's like i said in my review it's just very underwhelming have have we asked everybody did we ask alex yeah i think we did ask alex there right? did we ask sam we did yep yeah i think what we asked yeah I, I didn't hear anything you said though because uh <laughs> my shit fucked up again but just when you started talking my little hub the light turned blue which means it connected and it has a good connection and then that's when i dropped out well, I'm red right now, too. But I unplugged it. I don't know if that's going to... Did we lose everybody? Well, I'm still here. Oh, good. Don't have anything to Just talk Jake. about. <laughs> like, should we talk about the episode now, or are yeah, we going to do like as a well. like rundown? Jake's, Jake's a lost cause at this point, right? So let's get into We're it, guys. Own. There's so much to talk about. There's a lot of cliches. I think the CGI in this episode stands out as probably the best CGI in Doctor Who to date. Every well, single thing that they put in was was there splendid. was the there was the Sandman episode. I mean, that was really good CGI. Don't talk to me about the Sandman <laughs> episode. Just don't. Like it doesn't. You could have okay. So in that episode, you could have great CGI, but if everything around it is just giant steaming piles of shit. Your CGI just doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't save it. That being said, it was it was good CGI. But this one was I thought this one was a lot more grandiose than everybody really gave it credit for here. It's it, it's on a really epic scale. Sim Shaw, this is a massive revenge story of Sim Shaw, who was shot off into the distance by the doctor, half dead due to the DNA destabilizers thing. I completely agree they didn't give him the respect he deserved in death. That was trash. But he was kidnapping entire planets using the power of the Ooks to do it. The CGI around the Ooks as well as the makeup and the design of their characters made that just inherently interesting from the beginning. They're they a race of where there's ucks. only two two <laughs> Thank people. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, keep going, the doctor but... calls them Ooks, but yeah, Ox, you know, whatever. Well, that's, that's the British thing. Uh, pronunciation (laughs) potato (laughs) tomato Uh, but they're super cool the concept of them is super cool they have this all fucking encompassing power from a god that you don't really understand because there's no really god they just worship whatever and have faith and have power so that's trash but you know the idea is fantastic and they stole four fucking planets trying to get back to the doctor and now they're going to steal earth out of retribution and the entire scene with sim shaw when they find him is fucking horrifying and eerie and he just exudes power and authority 
Yeah, the that actor was super good, and then the the voice distortion they had on him was creepy. Oh, God, it was it was fucking it was lovely. Yeah, I uh, I'm cutting in. I agree that the Ux were like I loved them as characters, but I'm so sad for them that like they built this shrine around somebody who was false, like who took advantage of them. Like they could have been used for so much good, but instead they were turned evil and. And they're just like, they're really brilliant characters. I want to know them more. And there's a huge dichotomy for the one. Like the lady is, she, she's kind of like the the Jedi who's like, this is the, the God we need to worship. These are the rules we follow. This is what we're doing. And the other guy had like this constant conscious qualm about serving this dude for the shit because he's just trying to like not die and, and not kill millions of people. And it was just a nice little conflict in and of itself. It's a cool little addition into the story. Uh, Yasmin could be out of this entire season and nobody would know. <laughs> she didn't do anything. I know. Completely useless. I feel so bad for her character. She's the one who made the sacrifice of her mind to save Earth. I don't know if it was her choice, though. That was just her, like agenda that she was given in that little palm pilot thing which again another aspect of the story that was super underwhelming to me like i loved the idea of them getting their little device and having their job and then it just sort of fizzled which device are you talking about their little like compassy map things like i call them palm pilots because i'm old (laughs) i was talking about the thing that they put on their heads to like so their brains don't get fuzzy yeah, they immediately took them back, though, once they were disconnected. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those things were useless, and I hated them. Oh. I honestly thought they were going to be something of a bigger player. Like, they would get into a kerfuffle yeah. with Tim Shaw, and, like, one of them would lose it and then be half through the episode without it and be, like, a big thing, but it never happened. And it's like, well, that's great. Yeah, you have this thing to explain why King Robert lost his memory, and okay fine he has a dodgy memory for like 20 minutes and then after he's after he gets his memory back then they're pointless again but then it's like oh they're gonna use him to save the ux but it's gonna like make them all wonky but it doesn't they like kind of get a headache for 10 seconds they're like oh we'll just take these back now like they're completely pointless yeah you're talking about like the neural normalizer dealies yeah yeah you could have found any way to like break the signal between the ux and the um the stenza technology which is what they ended up using them for and i just thought they were lame you can only use a sonic screwdriver to solve so many problems jake but you, then you use the tardis but you use the sonic to get the tardis <laughs> it's funny because it's true I liked, uh, so going off of the Ux, I really liked their, like, nomadic thing. So they never leave the planet. Did I catch that right? Like, they were wandering this planet for millennia? I think so. Because at the end when he was saying, like, I want to travel, and she's like, but this, we stay here. Like, this is our whole point. Like, this is our planet. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was real neat. And just the fact that they're dimensional engineers is what the doctor said. Like, that's just wild. They're extremely powerful. Yeah. 
But when do they procreate? That was my question to Alex. I'm like, what do you mean there's two? This, like, how does two happen? And why aren't there more? Well, how do you want them to procreate? Well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't care. I just want them to procreate. There needs to be more than two. Jill wants some fanfic of the Yucks fucking. That's pretty much <laughs> what she wants. Is there an audio drama? Oh, no. No, it's... It's Star Wars. That's the Sith. There's only there can only ever be two. It's a rule of two. Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw is literally Darth Vader. Like he talks like him. He breathes like him. His costume kind of looks like him. It's a lot of Star Wars going yeah. on in this one. I just I wanted to believe that they just like do Phoenix shit. Like when one dies, they just melt away, and then a little baby Ux shows up. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. What if the other Ux has to like dimensional? Engineer <laughs> is Uck the singular for Ux. I like I it. We, we have humans, and one is human. So I don't. Well, know. it's spelled U X, not U K S. Oh, I thought it was like U C H S. Ux. <laughs> I like Uck. <laughs> <laughs> I I read it in the caption. Same. I don't watch it with captions. Alex speaks British. In our previous podcast, Alex, um, then and now, my only note on the Ux is that they're the most interesting part of the story, and they're barely used. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want a story about the Ux. For real. Yeah, they got to bring that back. Like that's to me, that seems like it's just planting a seed for like a later story. Yeah, it's such an extreme race. It's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, but maybe maybe the maybe the ox like when one's one dies, they have to dimensional engineer a new one out of the remains of the of the last one. Like that would be wild. Yeah. Like a phoenix? That's also cool. Well, no, <laughs> like an artificer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's alive, glowing orange eyes. But I like Jill's idea. They just fuck. Uh, Got him. <laughs> I mean, why else do you have opposite genders? <laughs> that old lady's been walking around for millennia <laughs> with that hot young stud. You think she don't want some of that? <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of the lady because she was all about, oh, we have to do what the creator says. He's still the creator. This is right. And then the doctor was like, well, we need to get the planets back. She's like, yeah, we can do that. Like, no. She just went from one extreme to, yep, that's fine. That's a good point. Well, when you worship a god and then some lady shows up and is like, no, that's Jeff. We went to school together. <laughs> like, it kind of immediately starts cracking your belief system. But it, it did, they didn't show that. Well, they did. They had solid evidence when she said, oh, well, how do you think Tim Shaw knows who I am? If he's your god, how do we know each other? They didn't show the lady going through the emotions of losing her god that she has been worshiping for however long thousands and thousands okay, of yeah, years yeah again the ux are the most interesting part and they didn't use them <laughs> the only thing i hear right now is that it needed to be a two-parter <laughs> should have been a two-parter <laughs> or just an ux one-parter get rid of everything else i loved when the ux went into the tardis and he like immediately goes like oh it's like a transduction like a huge transcendental area. <laughs> dimension nope nope make nope make him say it what was it Terry <laughs> no 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 <laughs> ditto what Cody said Are you <laughs> come on you got it like I loved it it was so good dimensionally transcendental 
Ooh. Okay, I can't believe Cody knows that and you don't. It's not Give a it name, bro. Ask me the name of the ex. <laughs> no one knows the name. Andromedon. Nobody knows. It's like Denton or something. Andromedon? Is that really? No, it's not. <laughs> this is like Darren. <laughs> uh, to move on, I do like that uh, Graham just goes dead cold when he realizes it might be Timshaw. And he's just like... Every, every line he says for the next couple of minutes, he's just like stone-faced, like, I'm going to fucking get this guy. Yeah, he's Perfect. all angry about it, but then he doesn't. Well, yeah. Like, well, yeah. I thought that storyline is underwhelming, too. Like, Graham just being pouty, which I understand. But then it goes nowhere. Well, that was his arc, right? Like he's... Grace always said, well, be yeah, the bigger man. It's a story about revenge. Really like, potent. revenge killed Timshaw, or made him lose. And, you know, letting go of hate saved Graham. It, it's literally Star Wars, this whole fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of like I, I like that arc, but I, I kind of get what Jill's getting at, because at the climax of, of his arc, it was just very kind of like wet farty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah very it was just so. like he's like, and yet you don't or and yet you pause Falter. or whatever he said and uh, verbatim. And and then Graham's like, yeah, you know, I'm just uh I'm just a just out of killer, I guess, or whatever verbatim. And it was it just wasn't like a like a hard hitting moment that it should have been. Right. There could have been some like real companiony moment here of like someone stepping up for Graham or something. Could have been something. Anything. Have you guys all seen Seven, the movie Seven? Mm, no. no. Okay. The 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 phrase "What's in the box" comes from that movie. Mm. Which makes this a difficult analogy to use, but I think something like that was more deserved in the scene between Graham and Tim Shaw, where the guy had the dude's life in his hands and decided not to kill him in the end. Even even though he was just so distraught at the death of his such and such. Uh, That whole scene, I, I think they really went for like a comedic kind of situation of dealing with Tim Shaw. Which, in the end, I was like, okay, family movie, let's not make this incredibly dramatic, which is something I've always been begging for in every episode. So I went against my usual judgment methods because I had to give up on that for this entire season. But Graham just turning around when Tim Shaw showed up, that was the worst scene in the entire film. (laughs) It was the cheesiest garbage I've ever seen in my life. Like, I much rather would have had him in a chair... And then to later point it out again, like Graham had a line somewhere in there like, yeah, I I stepped up and I just turned around. But, ugh. Yeah, I don't like that either, where he's like, I had a chance, but I didn't. It's like he's bragging. Yeah, exactly. he's like virtue signaling, not killing Tim Shaw. Like, you puss. Well, he called himself cowardly or something. Or yeah, he said uh, uh, too too much of a coward, and then the doctor's oh, like, "Yeah, that whole you're yeah the... that conversation with the doctor, where then she gets to say, oh, you're the bravest person I know.' It's it, one of that few. whole setup is just lame. Not even true. I do think that this, like after they take care of Tim Shaw and they do the little fist bump, that is more of what I wanted than what happened at the end of it takes you away. <laughs> I agree with that. When I, I'm so glad they revisited that. I, I'm i starting to see a pattern with uh, Graham, and every time Ryan says something like that, he's like, huh? What'd you say? 
Right? Yeah. Hey, come on. Clean out your goddamn ears. One time was fine. Them doing it multiple times is uh, cringy. But yeah, that fist bump when he hit it and Graham's reaction. Hell yeah. And then he's just like, so what do we do now? Cutscene. This is funny. Good old family show. Putting him back in that little chamber that he keeps other people in stasis. Solid retribution, I think. It's too bad for Tim Shaw. But it that falls in line with my idea that Tim Shaw is just really a bitch. I was going to say, is he supposed to be still, like, recovering from his injuries? Because I feel like it's supposed to be way later or something. But, like, he was just so unthreatening this entire episode. Like, they just did close-ups on his face to remind you, like, oh, God, he looks ugly. But, like, otherwise, he, like, he walked to Graham in order to try to kill him you thought tim shaw was unthreatening when he put his hand up with his fucking crazy freeze ass beam thing that comes out of his hand when graham yeah. said he wasn't going to shoot him and the only graham thing that stopped him is him that ryan foot. popped up yeah he can't shoot him with the chest as a family show terry yeah <laughs> and then immediately is immobilized on the ground and they're able to put him into a thing no problem um, without any struggle i'm pretty sure that bill was shot in the chest and there was a giant hole so <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> i agree though with terry that tim shaw was just blah like he was living in a shrine forever like yeah. how scary is that and just he, commanding people to do his scary shit it wasn't even like he was well, stealing like, planets connected to this life support system he had his like dna he deconstructed dying. like yeah he's not great so he's not menacing anymore his voice is menacing Wait, how much do you fucking want? He's a can we he's a, can we just talk about how terrible his voice was? Like I couldn't what? understand a single thing he said ever. <laughs> oh, you're on your own there. I could understand everything he said. I love Tim Shaw. He's my favorite favorite part of this whole episode. I think the actor's great, and I think the realization of the character is great. I I liked Tim Shaw. I thought he was creepy as ever. Yeah. I fucking loved him. Do you I, think he uh, comes back? Absolutely. No. Give me the no, X, not the Because they sealed up his shrine, so he's stuck in there. You know someone's going to break in and fucking <laughs> steal him. Right. I really liked the pyrotechnics when they were sending all the planets back. Just like sparks flying everywhere. That TARDIS team or TARDIS scene was the coolest <laughs> one in this whole series, I thought. Because we had no other TARDIS scenes. But I agree. Well, yeah, but it was cool. Like, it was using the blue light to, like, teleport things. and You get to had... see part a little bit more of the TARDIS, I feel like. We haven't gotten to we see do. much yeah. of yeah. it. And the Doctor had to, like, Jimmy rig stuff to work. Like, I just love it when that stuff has to happen. It's great. I think my legit favorite part of the episode, and Alex can confirm because we watched it together, is when the TARDIS comes back and it's like just the background noise of the TARDIS before she starts talking about it. I thought that was really well done. I confirm it. <laughs> Confirmed. Here's my biggest disappointment of the episode. Out of all of the things that are just underwhelming, my biggest disappointment is that Jody has some really good one-liners in her delivery of them, and maybe it's the direction. She just sinks. 
Like the like her voice goes down and she doesn't like bring out her one liners. Like they just fade into the conversation. And it's really disappointing because there's some funny things that happen or just good good one liners that, that are just lost. Yeah, you really have to be paying attention to like catch them. Well, do we got like tweets? Would you guys? <laughs> would you guys? Well, do we talk about Bobby B? Who? Uh, Bobby Baratheon. <laughs> oh, King Baratheon! I was trying to figure out why the hell he looks so familiar. For the longest time, I had to look him up. It's powdered sugar. Yeah, can confirm. I've been calling him King Robert this whole episode. Yeah, I caught onto that. Uh, I I commented on it too. You'll you'll know next <laughs> Sunday. But yeah, uh, seemed like a pretty low key dude in this episode. Just wanted his crew back. It was a very background story. Didn't I really... thought he had a great performance. Like he he commanded every scene he was in. I felt. I thought there was gonna be more. It, the story was kind of lacking in some parts where you thought it was going to go somewhere large it had nothing to do with anything yeah because he kept talking he's like it's on the yeah i think you'd say that really about the whole season it's right on the tip of my tongue like i can feel it like i there's a reason that i should have left and it was oh i guess it's because tim shaw was there but it wasn't like crazy i don't know that i feel like there should have been more uh when did you guys uh figure out that those were planets pretty quick or no oh god no i didn't no. know they were planets until they said they're planets they same so i i was when i was watching it i was like taking note of all of like the hints to what they could actually be and they were like laying it in there like from the beginning like when you meet the ux it's like oh they're dimensional engineers and it's like whoa what does that mean i mean they could fucking do anything and then and then like uh tim shaw was talking about like what the Stenza like to do. And that's like preserve their enemies or whatever. And like what the ultimate preservation is like, that was just a really cool realization. I thought. That's some rewatch shit. I didn't understand the vibrating on the inside. Like I thought it was some sort of like creature or power source that was in there that was going to crack out. But yeah, it was, those were like the most exciting thing. I thought in the episode of just like, what is this mystery? Can you imagine if all five planets all of a sudden popped out on that planet? Insane. <laughs> and she had <laughs> grenades attached to it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Jake, we got any tweets? Tweet, 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 Gave it a little extra. Noticed. Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, so this was an episode of Who that was broadcast <laughs> on TV. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to be positive about it. Jody's performance is great. She gives the doctor depth, even if she isn't given a lot to work with. Her confrontations with Tim Shaw and the Ux are great. And the realization of what she almost did to the stolen planets is played well. The Doctor's final speech is wonderful, summing up the show and 13's character so far. It's nice to have a finale end with a hopeful note instead of a, sho- instead of a shock cliffhanger for once. Though I am a big fan of those, and of the opinion that this isn't the true finale of season 11. Yet again, Yaz is underused. She seems to just appear in a lot of these stories without a lot to do, which gets increasingly disappointing. 
but Ryan and Graham get more development and closure, and Graham's personal development is brilliant, if a little predictable. The way Bradley Walsh plays Graham's tranquil fury during the conversation with the Doctor is great. Oh yeah, I was going to say in my notes, that's my favorite scene. You can see the pain in his expression and the anger in how calm his voice is throughout. Though the closure and development did seem to be achieved last episode, at least in the reconciliation, so it does come across a little repetitive and redundant, and the Doctor's response to Graham's anger does seem a little callous and uncaring, especially as his pain is so evident. Tim Shaw is still a weaker villain, and he seems to exist in this just for Ryan and Graham's closure and to pay off the Stenza hints in the Ghost Monument. And even then, that extra information goes exactly nowhere. And his plan for revenge isn't original either. We've seen a very similar plot in both Classic and New Who in The Pirate Planet and Stolen Earth, so it does fall a bit flat for me. Mark Addy is great as usual, but he's not given an awful lot to do with the character. He is a bit underserved by the episode. It is mainly designed around the Dr. Ryan and Graham, and Paltraki mostly disappears after the Timshaw reveal. The Ux are a good concept. Having a species that only consists of two beings seems like such an interesting idea, especially with their powers. It's a pity that not a lot is done with them, and they seem to exist just to make Timshaw seem more of a threat. And the threat does not seem big. Or, the threat does seem big, but it's not particularly effective. It's got scale, but it doesn't ever seem like anything's actually in danger. Maybe if we'd seen actual people in danger, like Yaz's family, for example, then it, it may have even had slightly more impact. As it was, it didn't feel like a series-ending threat. This is possibly the weakest story in Season 11, disagree, and almost certainly the weakest finale, but there's still some things to enjoy about it, even though I've been incredibly negative. And, though I'm sure I know what your reactions will be, I'm very curious what you thought about it. And I'm very excited for what's next. I consider it to be the actual finale of the series. And the less you know about series 12, the better. The less we know about it. I do want to say about Ollie's that, that yeah, that scene he wrote up where Graham tells the doctor, like, oh, I'm going to kill Tim Shaw. And she's like, if you do, you can't travel with me anymore. And he's like, fine. Like, that was my favorite scene. He always had yeah. something, he was like, had to have the last word, and she's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, me too. <laughs> yep. Chris at this emo trash says, I really should rewatch this, but honestly, I can't be bothered. In concept, it should be amazing, but in reality, they fucked it. They make a massive point about how being on the planet without whatever protection they use is super dangerous, but there are no consequences when they actually do it. They just carry on as normal. Having Tim shot back was an obvious move, and I really liked the way he basically becomes a godlike figure to the Ux. There's a lot of themes of radicalization and just following the rules in this series, and having him control the Ux is a culmination of all of that. I recently watched The Pirate Planet, and so the shrinking of planets reminded me of that. There's a lot of character growth for Graham, who is by far the standout of the series, and the emotions he goes through in this are just beautiful. On the series as a whole, it's obviously quite controversial, but I enjoyed it a lot. Even if it's very hit or miss in places, I'm really excited for you to go through Series 12 as it's my second favorite overall after Series 9. You guys excited for Series 12? Last yeah. one? Then we're all caught I up? I think so. Yes. I, yeah, I'm with Jill. Maybe? I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there. <laughs> so we only have one more season? I thought there was the next season and then the third. Like, Isn't there a third season? 13? Or no. Yeah, there's 13 seasons, right? 
There will be in the fall. What? This is wait. What? Oh, really? Season twelve out. They put nothing out in twenty twenty. No, they put out season twelve in twenty twenty. Nuh-uh. This is eighteen. Season eleven ends in July of eighteen, doesn't it? Did they skip nineteen then? Uh yeah. So there was. New Year's Day of 2019 was the New Year's special. And then the next episode was the next New Year's Day, 2020. Well, and then that was the premiere. Again. Yeah, so that was the premiere of the next season. So they didn't really even do a special that season. It was a season that just went from January 1st to like March 1st or early March. And then the next episode, there was a New Year's special in 2021. And that's the last episode we had. Damn, I thought we had a lot more Jody. Like, why does it feel like there should be way more Jody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Nick of Forest Focus at jury of underscore one. I googled Nick of Forest Focus to try to figure out how to pronounce it, and I got uh, varying results, <laughs> so I still don't know how. At jury of underscore one says, I don't really remember this one except for Graham's moral dilemma not actually making sense morally. Not very dramatic, not one I want to rewatch, and not a great series finale, in my opinion. I just checked in his moral choice regarding Tim Shaw was to either put him in suspended animation for eternity or kill him, which are functionally the same thing. James Courtney at Mr. J.A. Courtney says, Ah, the Battle of Robert F. Kennedy, a holy grail famed worldwide as a cure for insomnia. <laughs> This is the worst series finale so far. It does everything that RTD avoided when he rebooted the series. Nobody cares about the planet Zog. That's something RTD would say. That's why all his finales were on Earth. Oh. He goes on. There are no tangible stakes until the end. Even then, why do we care about the Earth? We don't know anyone on there. We don't see it. Might as well be <laughs> another planet. The reveal of Tim Shaw was poorly done. Does anybody remember what his voice was? I do. I love his voice. Or remember him at all? He was a decent one-time villain, but oh my, he is so much worse than this. He's walked straight from the set of Flash Gordon, complete with cape. He only needs a mustache to complete it. That would all be fine <laughs> if the episode was a campy romp, but no, this is deathly serious. It's a total, or sorry, it's a complete tonal mismatch. Everything else in this episode wants to be serious, far too serious for a silly, silly kid show from the 60s. Graham's arc was handled poorly, why did he tell the doctor that he was going to kill Timsha? He he would know what the doc's response would be, and just it just removes the dramatic tension. If he had kept it from the doctor, then we'd have drama, a clash of ideology. Favorite line was Ryan's, hey, yes, look, you all seen those? Camera cuts to a field of large objects nobody could possibly miss. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the first time something like this has happened in this series, but my God, that is the worst. What happened to needing those devices on the neck... Or else something bad happens. It epitomizes everything wrong with the era. Stuff is said, but none of it matters. I don't understand how the creator of Broadchurch has forgotten how to create a basic narrative. The production design in the story was awful. It's been weak all series, but this episode was so dull that it's much more noticeable. We go from the outside of Tim Shaw's base, formed by, out of rock, to an inside that is clearly a tour of Cardiff's industrial buildings. No consistency. Whilst I'm on this track, time for a rant about the TARDIS interior. Yes. It was so poorly designed. It must have been made in a rush, and rumors suggest that it was. 
They didn't consider the camera whatsoever in making it. The orange pillars, as well as looking silly, actually appeared as pink on camera and had to be digitally altered to fix. There are hexagonal infinity mirrors between the console and the walls that we rarely see. Who knew infinity mirrors don't mix with cameras? And you already know that thing is too cramped. And at least one director is on the record is not liking it. I'm sure there's more I could say about the Battle of Richard Iwade, but sorry I just can't be bothered. It isn't even worth being angry about. It just exists. We're at the end of the series now, so I ask you, how the characters have changed? How have their relationships changed? I suggest the only successful thing was Graham and Ryan. It's the only relationship you can understand. What do Yaz and Graham think of each other? I have no idea. They only had like <laughs> one conversation in the whole season. The fam inherently trust the Doctor and don't ask questions. The Doctor trusts them. There's no drama between them. Previous companions go through much more change. Rose went from being a selfish teenager to doing anything she can to save people 200,000 years in the future in one series. And had ups and downs with the Doctor along the way. The fam isn't even put in a position to test them. I think that's it. Oh, that's okay. all the tweets I have. <laughs> that is all uh, real yeah. solid review. That that's, tweet put me yeah. in an existential crisis hard. It's hard so true about... Crisis. There's like no development between the characters except for Graham Ryan and, and Graham. Ryan. Yeah. Which yeah. you guys hated. <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't like the resolve. I thought it was too easy. I thought it deserved more. At least they had a story, though. Right. Yeah, Yaz hasn't had a story. But, like, the along the lines of development of characters, that's so nail on the head, into the coffin. Through the head, into the coffin. <laughs> like, that was... Although I, I would argue Rose didn't go 200,000 years in the future to save people. She went 200,000 years in the future to save the Doctor. She only cares about the Doctor and nobody else. Same? Well, that's that's development from just herself, so... <laughs> Boomed you, Rose. <laughs> Got him. Get, get a shift on. It's oh. a lot of shifts from our household, but we're splitting beers, I would like to point out. Oh, nice. We don't judge. We're splitting 16 ounce beers, so it's. You can judge. So it's 8 ounce beers. So we did dump have one beer. beer. Yeah. Two thirds of bad pour. Uh -oh. Two thirds. Novice pour. Novice pour. Anyway, I like everything Alex, about that. Give me that fun vaccine song. Corey St. Joe, real quick. I just said I liked everything about that tweet. Boom. Oh, yeah, it was great. Fun facts. This is the first series finale to have no scenes on 21st Century Earth. And it's the first finale to have no appearances of a classic monster or villain. Yeah, there was no Dalek in this season at all. Correct. I thought that was like a thing. You just stole a fun fact, Sam. No, I just I just <laughs> said that fun fact. There are no classic <laughs> villains. <laughs> well, you said classic villains, not specifically Daleks. Since when do we say villains? We uh, don't, man. I'm when you're six pounds <laughs> Jake, Jake did a little bit ago, too. I was going to call him out. No, no, no. You did when reading <laughs> tweets. No, listen to the edit. <laughs> Replay it back. Jake just edits himself uh, saying, villains. Villains. <laughs> really bad voiceover. <laughs> oh my god, I hope that's gonna happen. <laughs> it's just gonna be like the speak and spell voice. Yeah. Villain. Oh, Mark man. Addy was Paltracky. Obviously he was King Robert in Game of Thrones. Purcell Ascot played Delph. 
Um, he was also Benny Sherwood in 30 episodes of Wizards vs. Aliens, which is the show Russell T. Davies created to replace Sarah Jane Adventures when Liz Slayton died. So that's kind of Doctor Who related. That's not a show we talk about. Doctor well, Sarah Jane Adventures was like super popular for a kids show, and it was on um, C BBC, which is like the children's channel. And uh, when Sarah Jane died, they or Elizabeth Slayton died, they had to like stop doing the show. So they just made this other show that was basically the same thing, called Wizards vs. Aliens, and it was super popular. Funnish fact: Kids will watch anything. <laughs> Not wrong. Alex, sing that MVP theme song. MVP. Alex, who's your MVP? Oh man. Uh I'm gonna give it to uh Bobby B. He was great. His scenes were great. I thought his acting was amazing. Give it to him. Mark Addy. Mark Addy, you can at me if you know what I mean. What do you Ooh. mean, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Cody, who you got? Graham. Uh, the guy who plays Graham? Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. Jill. Oof. Um, well, I guess CGI. I think that's the best component of the episode. Sam? Uh, Bradley Walsh? Terry? Tatters. Hey. I'm going to go with the production and art designers, um, Arwell Jones and Joel Rumblow. Uh, I thought, like, set-wise and location-wise, everything was really fun to watch and look at and just visually engaging. See that Jill, at least he looked up the name of his MVP. Well, I forgot that MVP existed because I didn't like this episode enough to pick <laughs> an MVP. Right, that was actually kind of difficult. Mine is Samuel Oatley, who played Tim Shaw. Yeah, that's it. that was my second one. I like that one, but Graham won. He shot him, so Graham wins. <laughs> <laughs> I shot him um, in the foot. Don't tell the doc. <laughs> so for next time, I didn't think it was on HBO Max, but it is. The next episode is a New Year's special, and it is obviously titled Resolution. So uh, it might be a little longer. So it might be a full hour. So make sure you give yourself time. Oh, we got time. It is one full hour. I accidentally clicked on it today. Speaking of time, it is now time for our game, which uh, kind of mixed it up a little again. It's one question with multiple answers. Whoever gets the most answers wins. Uh, there are 22 answers by my off the top of my head. Oh, dang. So I'll ask you the question, get into your group. I'll give you five full minutes to come up with as many answers as you can. And in that five minutes, I want you to name as many of the companion's parents, grandparents, guardians, or siblings as you can. First and last names. Ugh. So we'll have one. 
Who counts as a companion? I thought about that. I think if you don't know their, or if you know their parents' names, they're probably a companion. But we're going to say Rose, Martha, Donna, Amy, Rory, Clara, Bill, the fam, all three of them. Ready, set, go. Five minutes later. Time is up. Easy question. Good. Easy. Save us. Got them all. To say. Victory is ours. We got all the names correct. I'm going to read out the 22 names that I have. What? You How do you say have 22? If you got it and give yourself a point. If uh, you said the name a little differently, we'll talk about it. If we get to the end and you have a name that I haven't said, we'll talk about that too. We lost, okay. so there's that. <laughs> I wouldn't be too, sur- oh, too God. sure. Oh, God. No, it's bad. Number one, with a bullet, my favorite and yours, Jackie Tyler. Yes. Done Yay. and done. Pete Tyler. Hey. Done hey, and done. points. Francine Jones, Martha's mom. Mm-hmm. Francine. Oh. That's where we I jo- end. <laughs> I, I, I tried Patricia Jones. <laughs> Clive Jones, Martha's dad. Nope. Then you probably didn't get Leo Jones, her brother. Oh, yeah, Certainly she had not. a brother. Didn't she have a sister? <laughs> she did. Yeah. Her name was Tish. Oh, son Tish. of a... Tish. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. Tish the Bish. Tish the... Played by Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Academy Award nominee. Nice. Um, Donna's mom, Sylvia Noble. Oh, Noble. Donna Noble. We couldn't think of Noble. <laughs> what you had Sylvia? No. no. <laughs> we had Wilf. We had Wilf. That was it. Well, Wilf has a different last name. Uh but Donna also had a dad, Jeff Noble. Yeah, no. Oh shoot. He was only in the one story. The actor sadly passed away, so he had to be replaced by Donna's grandpa, Wilfred Mott. I will give a point if you had Wilf. We had Wilf. Hey. We had Wilf. Nice. And a never-seen-but-mentioned Wilf's wife, Eileen Mott. Not expected to get that one. (laughs) (laughs) You're also not expected to get Amy's parents, because I don't think their names are ever said, but it's Tabitha and Augustus Pond. Literally no idea. Never heard of them. Oh, yeah. Okay. But Rory's dad was in two episodes. Knew he was in the episode. Couldn't think of the name. Brian Williams. Brian? Brian. Wow. Oh, that's right. Brian, yeah. So I have, average a, name. I have a question. Are you done with the pawns? Yeah. So you didn't say children, but Melody Pond is their child. Does that count? I did not say children. So no. Damn it. All right. But they're family. If we were going to count River as a companion, you could say Amy and Rory as her parents. But we're not. Yeah, you didn't say that. But Clara had parents, even though her mom died when she was a kid. Her mom was Ellie Oswald and her dad, Dave. We didn't even talk about Clara. Yeah. yeah. No idea. (laughs) We skipped Clara. Like, we didn't even talk. Like, we went from (laughs) Amy and Rory to uh, fam. (laughs) Well, Bill had a foster mom. Her name was Moira. Hmm. That's neat. 
Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. Um, People had parents. Yaz has a whole goddamn family. Her mom, Nadja. Mm. Her oh, yeah. dad, oh. Hakeem. Yeah. Her sister, Sonia. Sonia. And her grandmother, who got her own episode, Umbreen. Still couldn't think of her. Not a, yeah. Doesn't even ring a bell now. Not nailed it. <laughs> Didn't, she was thought... the main character of Demons of the Punjab. Knew mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Knew the name of the episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan has guardians. They're his grandparents, Grace O'Brien and Graham O'Brien. I put down did Grace Graham, and Graham. Did Graham adopt him? True. He's uh, his but... grandpa. He's you wouldn't have found Graham because Graham is part of fam. I didn't uh, say that. No. Yeah, you did. Nope. You said the fam <laughs> uh, team at the end as well, which contains Yaz. Yeah. Yeah. I asked and... for everybody's. That doesn't exclude them just because I said they count as companions. But okay, if he's not adopted, then it doesn't count as a granddad. How dare you? But <laughs> <laughs> the scene. <laughs> He calls him Grandpa. Yeah. So we wrote down Graham, Grace, and Ryan because Ryan is also a grandchild. And we didn't and win anyway, so whatever. Okay. Although, um, I, just like we don't have, have children, we don't have grandchildren, but Grace does count as both a grandmother for Ryan and the wife of Graham. Oh, shit. So that's a double double tap. You but had to Ryan put her in twice. You don't get two boys for putting her once. What? No, we put her that's home. bullshit. No. All right. <laughs> Add up your points. And then uh boyfriends don't count. Did nah. I say boyfriends? I don't know. They could be family. <laughs> what do we mean you don't know? I said it out loud twice. <laughs> we Sam doesn't even want to count grandfathers just because they didn't legally adopt you. Grandparents don't adopt their grandchildren. What? I thought Tatters was totally gonna win this. Oh fuck no. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> I mean, uh, I had Jack and Diane Oswald. I had <laughs> Cynthia. I had I Claudia that. and Charlie. It's not Cheers. We didn't even guess. We were just like, eh, we don't know. For no, our I listening picked names viewers. that I wanted. For our listening well, how viewers. How many did you get? New and Thills? We got Terry four. Terry got two. Four? That's yeah, twice man. as many as Tatters. I don't know names. Shut up. <laughs> so what one did they get that you didn't get? Was it just that they got Graham? That, yeah, well... We got Jackie. Yeah, we have Jackie, we, Pete, Pete yep. Wilf, Graham, and Grace. Yeah, it's just Graham. Okay. Graham. I have a tiebreaker just for fun. How many episodes out of the ones that we have seen in some way have a Dalek in them? It'll be individual. All five of you can guess. Uh, I'm going to say 16. I'm, I'm going to say 34. <laughs> 18. 19. <laughs> oh, you just said 18, didn't you? No, you're fine. <laughs> Sorry. I was like thinking no, really legit. hard in my head and then doing it comes the, back. Doing the Jeopardy thing. Do it. <laughs> One. <laughs> there's, there's no penalty for going over. 23. Oh. God damn, Terry How just many driving episodes? down the middle of the road. How many episodes do you guys watch? <laughs> what? It's so 23. Terry. Nice. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Terry's just got numbers. He's, he's the 
He's the guy. He's the numbers yeah, guy. Yeah, bullshit <laughs> with these names questions. Give me numbers. Terry just <laughs> knew. Where we could do a complete in- guess. That includes things like Waters of Mars, where Captain Adelaide Brooke gave, like, or told a story about when she was a little girl and there's, like, oh, a Dalek in it for half a second. That counts bullshit. as one of them. Okay. It was in bullshit. the episode. Uh, I was going off of like how many seasons there was, and there's like an episode about how per many season. there were. What do you mean? What? <laughs> how many? What? Grammar. Not how many there was. How many there were? Oh, fuck off. Graham. Um, there and so I was thinking it's like seven, like a couple more episodes than how many seasons there were. So same. Yeah, I, but that's there's why I a lot that of two parters with them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was a question stories or episodes. It. it was episodes. Episodes, duh. yeah. Two parters, and then like also randomly in the specials and things like that. Alex, give me that paper crumple theme song. This has been Married to Who, our episode on Battle of Ranskar of Kalos, or however you say it. Do you want to listen to this podcast? You can do so Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or on our website, MarriedToWho.com. You can participate with the podcast by tweeting us at MarriedToWhoPod on Twitter. We have posts on Instagram at MarriedToWho, or you can email us, MarriedToWho at gmail.com. I'm half myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer, Terry. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for resolution. Do 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 do